This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, episode 27, the Chelsea Flower Show and Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for June. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we'll be speaking about the Chelsea Flower Show, and we've got a couple of interviews with three garden designers in total, Chris Beardshaw and the Rich Brothers. Our plant of the month for June is Iris Mare de Sud, a bearded iris. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden, and forthcoming garden and flower shows for June. We're in June now, Sue, but that means May's just gone and we've been to the Chelsea Flower Show. We have indeed. And we love it, don't we? Yes, we Apart do. Apart from the weather this year. Yeah. Always an early start. We have to get going early to get into London. So we got there just after seven, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we live in Cambridgeshire, so it takes should take about two hours, but with traffic, it can take about three hours. We didn't do too bad, no, but we, we did set off at five o'clock in the morning. And we were lucky we missed the traffic, so we did it in just slightly over two hours. But yeah, the weather, we've actually, before, before the flower show, we had a couple of nice days. I know. And then and got Chelsea been, arrived and the weather came it with chucked it. chucked it down until about two o'clock in the afternoon. We get kicked out at about half past three because Her Majesty the Queen comes to have a look around and us mere mortals aren't allowed in at that time. But at two o'clock, we did manage to get outside of the Great Pavilion, have a look around at some of the show gardens. And they were delightful, as always, weren't they? They were amazing this year. I think we both said how pretty they all were, and they have the award, the People's Choice, don't they? And we they were, do. we were, we, we had no. no idea which was going to go for the People's Choice because every single one was stunning. And in the end, it was the Centre Barley Garden, which was a piece of Africa brought to urban London, which was supported by Prince Harry, wasn't it? A trust that he supports in, is it Lissu South Africa? Africa? No, yeah, it, no, it's not yeah. South Africa, but it's Lissu that little Lissu. landlocked country in the middle of South yeah. Africa. So Lesotho. And it was a beautiful oh, garden. it was stunning. Although stunning. it didn't look as nice in the rain. No, but still the colours were lovely. It was the oranges. Oranges, and, yeah. Which I think for a hot country, that is what it is. It's the vibrant colours, isn't it? Which is the warmth. But I think the majority of gardens had a lot more colour this year. They and they were saying because did. we've had a slightly milder spring. Last year, they didn't have as many bright colours. They were all planting cow parsley, weren't they? As a filler. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and but Richard kept thinking, oh, this is amazing. But it was because well, they were struggling. A reason, yeah. But cow parsley is nice. It's introduced us to a plant which we would never have considered put in the garden. And we still won't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we won't. But as always, we do see some plants that we go, wow, I haven't seen that before. Really like it. We want that. A camassia we saw in Chris Beardshaw's garden, didn't we? Oh, it was lovely. Which, to me, reminds me a little bit of an agapanthus. It's got an open sort of habit, but then it grows a bit pointy. It's difficult to describe, isn't it? Cross between perhaps a lupin and an agapanthus, yes. if you could imagine it. 
There's a picture of his garden, isn't there? And I think yeah, on our Facebook it. page at facebook.com slash plantadvice, Sue's uploaded lots of photos from the show so you can see the Camassia and Chris Beardshaw's garden and others as well. Speaking about Chris Beardshaw, we did speak to him at the show, didn't we? Yes, we Lovely did. gentleman as always. And this is what he had to say to us at the Chelsea Flower Show this year. Back at Chelsea then, Chris. Yes, I had a year off. I know. Uh, well, it sounds like I say year off. It's not really a year off, is it? You know, you find other things to entertain you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was a nice project to be involved with because this particular little piece of garden is only a very small part of a much larger project. And so what you're looking at at Chelsea here is just one tile of a very large garden which has multiple gardens in it. So, for instance, there are meadows and terraces and grass play areas and there's zones for growing fruits and zones for growing vegetables too. Have you been involved in the design of all of that? I designed all of that. In fact, before we'd finalised the designs for this. So what was great was we were able to see the site where this is going and to adjust any preconceived ideas we had of what we'd bring to Chelsea to make it work in the Poplar Garden. So that means that this is the finished central ornamental tile of the garden that goes to Poplar. And it is and very ornamental, isn't it? Is it is very ornamental. Very symmetrical, very classical. It's the ve- little box yeah. hedges yeah. echoed on both sides. The box hedging is a direct reference to the fact that community develops most robustly where you have um, very identifiable boundaries to that community where communities can become very self-assured and and established and so the box hedging was really our horticultural reference to the fact that boundaries are important and defining communities is an important thing to do and um, the nature of the box the geometry the pattern of the box is directly taken from the friendship knot Uh, Of course, in communities, what you're trying to do is to get people to talk to one another and to bind and bond together. And, of course, the community in Poplar in East London historically was so associated with the docks in East London. And if you look at uh, nautical references, the way that you splice two opposing uh, ropes together, two ropes of different grades, is to use the friendship knot. And so it seemed appropriate to stylize the friendship knot and, and knot and produce a series of hedges. And adjacent to those hedges, the spaces that are created by those hedges are uh, filled with herbaceous perennials in, in a deliberately eclectic group of colours, textures and forms because in a way they, it, that's a, a stylized version of the community. It's a horticultural You've gone for version. You've a very community. vivid coloured palette this time, haven't you, with this? Yeah, it is quite strong. I mean, everything from um, Irish sable with its rather sort of luxuriant velvet purple. It We've is also gorgeous, got another Iris yeah. on the corner the there, which one. is yeah. Mer de Sur, which is just a beauty, a clear blue. And uh, then geranium palmatum, cerise pink, the wonderful tangerine of GM Princess Juliana. And then camassias, the sort of steely blue of starry camassias. I haven't really noticed those. I'm not familiar with those, but we picked up on those. I love them. Yeah, it's a really lovely shape to them, aren't they? Reminds me a little bit of a a little sort of hint of an agapanthus, that sort of style flower. Good, yeah, it's a good good choice of reference, actually. Um, It has a, a spike 
but the spike opens very gradually from the bottom to the top, a little bit like a digitalis opens, and you only get a small collection of flowers opening at any one time, and the spike continues to grow. So ultimately, the um, Camassia carulia here at the front of the garden will get up to around about 90 centimetres, sometimes right, a metre in height. What conditions do they like then? Well, historically and environmentally, it's a meadow plant from, or a prairie plant from uh, North America, damper soils and organic matter rich. So they're ideal for colonising in meadows if you want to. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, Prince Charles is very keen on that. He plants them with ranunculus acris in, uh, in the meadows at Highgrove in a truly native and naturalising sense. But they're equally adept at uh, mingling with herbaceous perennials. And you plant them deep as you would your um, narcissi and yeah. they, they will just bul- move around. Then, it's a bulb, yeah. yeah. Very, very resilient bulb. Quite a chunky bulb. It looks a little bit like a large tulip but the roots are as thick as your finger. I mean, and they go straight down. They seek out the moisture. It's a and very how, resilient How plant. well would that do in clay soil? Because we've got well, clay at home. Yeah, if you can lighten the clay a little bit, a little bit of organic matter, yeah. um, it will do very well. If it's moisture retentive, it will do well. We've got a kind of dark corner north-facing, which is quite shady, but it's quite damp as well. But that yeah. would just really yeah. add a if nice you, bit of colour and yeah, brightness to they it. Are, they are lovely. I mean, the, if you went for a straight species like Corulia, then as long as it gets a little bit of uh, sunshine on it, it likes a glint of sunshine or a glint of light, then that would be fine. There's a much more compact form as well, which is about the size of a great pyrocense, which is called Camassia quamash, which is lovely. And there's a cultivar of that called Orion, which is a lighter blue. So that's a really, really good colour if you're using containers, and those containers are visible yeah, in twilight. Yeah, that would look nice in a container, wouldn't it? Yeah, and in fact, a, a deep pot is what you need. A deep terracotta container is perfect for them. We're going to have to go back and have a hunt. And more mean, shopping, more shopping, yes. But yes. well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. It's given us inspiration. I'm sure it'll give other people inspiration. I know you're going to do well in the medals, you always do, but we wish you well anyway. Thank you very much. Well, the most important thing is that, as you know, uh, my primary concern is that gardeners appreciate it. You know, our gardens are all about the plants and planting combinations, really. And, and when we walk around as part of the construction process and we walk around and see what everybody else is doing, you know, I try not to look because I always, <laughs> I'm always fearful that, you know, there are some beautiful pieces of architecture and sculpture and paving and so on. And our gardens always look so modest in comparison. They do not. You, you never disappoint. Well, we, that's we, kind of we you like to say. We like your gardening style. It sort of yeah, rings a bell with us. But we all have our own personal styles. And I suppose you find an affinity perhaps with one garden designer more than others. We love it. That's very <laughs> kind. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chris. I always like his garden, but I especially like this one. It was a riot of colour this year, wasn't it? I think for us, his taste is our taste, and that's yeah. why Certain whatever he does, we fall in with love you. with. Yes, his style, his planting, it's just beautiful. It was very formal in many ways yes. with the sort of symmetry, but then it also had the cottage garden feel because it had the lupins, the iris, the camassia, lots of hostas. And he also seems to use a lot of statues in his garden, doesn't he? He does. This year, I think, was it two or three he yeah. had? Always has some sort of focal piece. Yeah. 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 But always, always stunning. So, which was your favourite garden then, Sue? Honestly, I don't think I had a favourite because they were just so beautiful, all of them this year. And every single one, there was a feature in it that was a wow. And it was like the beauty of Islam Garden. You could imagine being in a hot country in, I think it was Dubai, was it? Yes, Dubai I think area. So, yeah. 
beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Not something that you probably you would get pleasure out of in this country because it wouldn't work in this country, but it just transported you. You could imagine being in a hot oh, country there, couldn't you? You stunning. were literally transported. This is yeah, it. Yeah. And the M and G Garden, I thought was beautiful. Did although you, I do Joe feel Thompson's the retreat. Yeah, the one yes, with a swimming pool. But I, I did feel. You had to be in it to really do it justice, and I think that's yeah. probably why it didn't get the people's choice. From where you stood to look at the garden, you couldn't quite see the pond, the swimming pools you no. put in. But if you're in the middle of the garden, that's a major feature. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe the judges marked it down on that. I don't know how they do the judging. It's, it's still a bit of a mystery. It is isn't a bit it? of a mystery. So I like Adam Frost's ha- home base garden. That was stunning. That was lovely. Again, yeah. stunning. Chris Beardshaw, stunning. There wasn't one big garden that I would have seen. Oh, I'm a bit disappointed in that one. They were all gorgeous. I did find this year in the small gardens, the fresh category, which was as a bit more avant-garde. This year, to me, they all worked much better. There were some lovely gardens in the fresh category. Because it wasn't all madness. (laughs) Madness. I mean, really, sometimes we've had fridges, haven't we? Well, that's at Hampton Court, the contemporary (laughs) gardens, yes. But there's been some bizarre ones at Chelsea. There has, and these weren't bizarre. They were still gardens. Even the dark matter one, which was trying to get around the concept of physics, oh, that, that most lovely. of the universe is yes. made up of dark matter we can't see. But the garden itself was really good. You it had that viewing good. platform at the end where you could view the light coming from the distant galaxies, and it really was captured in the garden. Yeah, it amazing. It was. It was lovely. Again, we were just spoiled by the weather this year, but you've just got to make you the most some, of it. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. It's Britain after all, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is partly why our plants do so well because of the climate. It's a temperate climate. We get lots of rain. But there's the downside to that. It doesn't always rain on the days you want it to rain. Exactly. But there again, we were lucky. We went to Wisley the other day and we couldn't have wished for a more beautiful day walking around Wisley Garden. RHS Wisley Garden is their flagship garden. We'd never been before and it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, you're looking at all the plants. We came away with some more plants, didn't we? Some new ones. We did. A new little hoster for the patio. And we even went shopping yesterday for more plants. Yes. (laughs) There was a Cambridgeshire garden show close by, and they had some very good deals, so we couldn't resist, could we? No, and I bought another rose, because that is one of my favourites. They are your favourite. Not quite so much mine, but it was a very nice... But you did like this one, you I do like that one, the colour and the... And a nice fragrance as well. smell, yes. And you're going to put it in a pot so I can get closer to it and smell that. There we go. I've been stuck in a wheelchair. I'm not allowed in the flower beds, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, I'm not allowed in the flower beds either, other than to clean them out. Yes. I don't go walking through them to smell everything, because I'd trample on other things. Other things, yes. Well, while we were at the show, we also caught up with Harry and David Rich. These are two young lads who we've been following their career a little bit. From the word go. Yeah, they first exhibited in Chelsea three years ago with a small garden, the artisan category. They won gold there. Last year was their first time on Main Avenue, but this year they... Hit gold. They won a gold from their main avenue garden, didn't they? Yes. They and it was very nice, very soft planting, very naturalistic. They clearly did a wonderful job because they got gold. They did get gold. And then they, we did wonder when we first looked at it why there was a bit of open space. There was a lot didn't of concrete, yes. yes, but it all made sense because they had this moving pod, a garden shed on wheels and it could rotate around the garden so you so could, get different views yeah incredibly and clever different sun i suppose as yeah, well d- yeah different yeah. aspects through the day anyway this is what harry and david had to say to us so harry david 
back again at Chelsea, third year in a row, second time on Main Avenue. Yes, yeah. yeah. A different garden, completely different style this time. I think it's nice to show versatility, isn't it, really? Yeah. We wanted to mix it up a little bit and show people that we can do a little bit of contemporary, but not to stray too far away from natural. It is a very soft planting, a very muted colour palette. You don't have much colour in it at all. Yeah. It's kind of green, subtle. isn't it? Yeah, very yeah. subtle. That's a good yes. word. <laughs> yeah, I think I find some gardens can be a little bit garish or it's quite a lot to look at in a way that you're, you're a bit muddled, whereas this all kind of blends, the materials blend with the plants and everything, so it all just works as one. So you kind yeah. of, it just leads your eye softly through the garden. Very naturalistic. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah deep rooted. keep that, yeah, we'll not get rid of that. We might have more contemporary with concrete finishes and things like that, but yeah, we've yeah, still got that concrete. natural meadow-like planting, which is key. I do like the really big balls you've yeah. got of <laughs> What are you talking you? about now? <laughs> yes, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. so often you see box used for the topiary of balls yeah. but to see and uh, there's another garden as well used it but your balls are bigger yeah. than the other <laughs> garden <laughs> Yeah, but I do like them they're yeah. really soft aren't they yeah, yeah. so what's great is they create a really kind of dense dark shape but then when you let them have that little bit of new growth they can really yeah, so you've just got the light, the new growth coming through yeah, it's, it's the lighter sort of tinge yeah. fortunately very lucky timing <laughs> yeah it makes them look a bit fluffy doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. wouldn't mind jumping on them <laughs> yeah <laughs> They do really add some structures with the garden. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of grasses, which with the wind we've got here today, it's really nice, isn't it, all waving in the wind? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it brings the kind of garden to life a little bit. It's not too stagnant and contemporary. It's got that really natural meadow-like feel. Meadow-like feel. That's Yeah. It, yeah. Harry says orna- it's an ornamental meadow. Yeah. Now, this is the Cloudy Bay. It's in association with, with Vital Earth. Yeah, Cloudy yeah. Bay wines, isn't it? Yeah. So how do you get wines into the sort of garden design where do you apart from drinking large quantities and then <laughs> liquid <laughs> inspiration so that's as far as we got <laughs> uh, so we look we look to the the attributes of both wines so the Sauvignon Blanc is clean crisp aromatic zesty and then the Pinot Noir is earthy textural uh, architectural so, so we which just look part at those of the rooms. garden comes I suppose you've got the clean lines and, the, and is that the crispness yeah, from yes, the yeah. yes yeah. so, so we the get side is like poured concrete um, and the coping stones, that's very Sauvignon Blanc. And you have this kind of the textured dry stone walling, and you have the oak, uh, that's kind of Pinot Noir. So we I linked it because we find it's quite easy just to do it in the planting. You know, that's quite, but it, to really make the hard landscaping link have a meaning, it was, that was quite fun. Yeah. So next year, can we have a beer garden? Oh, how do you know that? That would, that would be. You know what? Oh. A martini and having James Bond on Martini. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the themes carrying on year <laughs> after year. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. No, and how do you think you've done this year? You, you're Best obviously learning. Uh, yeah. You're obviously learning as you're going along, and you yes. must get feedback from the judges yeah, each yeah, year. Yeah. It's a, it's does a, that help? Sort of point you in a direction. Sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it's, does. It's not. a steep learning curve doing show gardens, yeah. especially yeah. From doing a main avenue show garden. But um. We, yeah, we're learning. You slowly, can only do your best, and that's yeah. what we always do. We absolutely. always strive to do absolutely, absolutely our best. And then, if that's where we're at, that's where we're at. Kind of thing about it. Yep. That's but I think good. this year we've, you know, we really feel like we've got better than last year. We've really improved. So we shall see if you know anything else improves. But yeah. well, we're happy we, with everything. We will so. watch the medals avidly, and yeah. I, I hope we you won't. do well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you Look do well. Internet before it comes out. <laughs> do, you, do you have plans to come back again next year? I Would think you like to? If yes, we're invited we back, then yeah. I think it's a nice place to be for another year. Yeah, so, we yeah. want to just push ourselves into the public eye as much as possible, and yeah. then we can relax. You know, I think you've been bitten by the you've been bitten by the. Oh, it's free creativity, isn't it? It is. Yeah, to be able to do what we want in this space, and you create this thing. You know pops up in three weeks it's pretty special yeah. it is amazing what is achieved in such a short space of time it's just 
mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah, you must be looking forward to a bit of sleep now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. we just running mad because this day is probably one of the busiest days. So yeah. you know, you just need that little day to relax. And then yeah, we'll be, we'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, guys. And nice to see you again. And, yeah, uh, lovely to see you. We will look forward to seeing you back again. Oh, <laughs> well, very kind. It's in, charming. <laughs> in the beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> They've clearly been learning a lot from the judges because last year they said they got told that they didn't have some height, really mature trees. So this year they've planted a few really tall amelanchias in there. So they get feedback each year and that clearly has helped them this year because they got gold. Well, the thing is, how can you improve if you don't get feedback? Yeah, very difficult to know what you have to be yeah, doing. Yeah, because then you don't yeah. know what you've done wrong. No. And they had some, as we discussed with them, the U balls, which were, what, about a metre, a metre and a half in diameter? Yeah. These things, they say, they imported from Belgium. They had six of them. Each small yew tree was 40 years old, was it? Yes. And cost £1,000 each. That's just for six little planting sections in the garden. Yeah, it's incredible. These isn't it? things are just astronomical in scale. Yes. Absolutely beautiful, but you'd bankrupt yourself if you wanted to do something like that in your back garden. Yeah, you couldn't really afford to. Gives you ideas and planting combinations and different plants, but yeah, I think you need to find alternative ways of achieving that Chelsea look. But we always say Chelsea's like the catwalk of gardening, isn't it? And it is. And all yeah. the stops are pulled out and they do get a budget, but they get a big budget. <laughs> a massive budget. Certainly six figures for the main avenue gardens, which exactly. is just unheard of for an average back garden, isn't it? Well, I would imagine a lot of back gardens over the years have come to six figures, though. If you see what you put into your garden and... Again, in this country, you've got to do your annuals every year because things die. And I'm sure a lot of people You're have probably spent right. a Over lot years, of money. You add it up. Yeah, yeah. And the hard landscaping, that's not cheap, is it? Nope. If you put in a patio down exactly. or a new fence or wall or something. Yeah, very true. Now, our plant of the month for June is Iris Mare de Sud. And actually, Chris Beardshaw had two irises in his garden, and this is one of them. It's a bearded iris. They're very blousy flowers, but really nice. They like the sun, don't they? Mm. It's a fully hardy perennial, so it can tolerate on the RHS scale H7, which means down to or below minus 20 degrees C. So it's hardy even in the severest European continental climates, so quite bomb-proof. It's got a growth rate of two to five years to maturity, so an average sort of growth rate. Grows up to 80 centimetres tall with a 40 centimetre spread. So it pops up in the middle of a border, which is quite nice. Likes full sun, so the rhizomes have to be planted close to the surface so they can bake in the sun. They do really need that. It likes well-drained, moderately fertile soil. And the flowers are the best bit about this plant. They're blousy, violet-blue flowers. And the same coloured beard, which is different. Most bearded irises have a different coloured beard. This one actually got the same coloured beard as the rest of the plant. But it is quite stunning, isn't it? Certainly on, on a border on a lovely summer's day, it really sings out. Very pretty. Again, there is a picture on the website. We've got a picture which was actually taken from Chris Beardshaw's garden at the Chelsea Flower Show this year. So it's in situ, in a proper planting scheme. It flowers on strong stems from May to June. It's got sword-shaped grey-green leaves and it does have the RHS Award of Garden Merit, which means you know it's going to be a good performer in the garden. It is harmful if ingested, so please don't eat it. 
As we said earlier, plants shallow rhizomes, so they need to be exposed on the surface. And when you do plant it, cut the leaves down to about half, because when it's getting established, a bit of wind can rock the plant and disturb the roots. Remove the stems after flowering so the plant can put energy back into the rhizomes for the following year, and it may require staking in exposed areas with a bit of wind. And to propagate, it's quite easy, you can divide and replant every three or four years. So every three or four years, take it up, split the clumps and plant it out again or give them to your neighbours. We haven't got any irises, have we, Sue? No, I don't think we can really because they've got a bake in the sun. Yes. They need an exposed area where the roots yeah. can really sit and they sit are and pretty, cook. but again, they, they don't flower for long, do they? No, two months, May and June. Yeah, so very pretty, very nice, but I don't think really we've got the right place for them to do them justice. No, we'll admire them in other people's yeah. gardens around the village. Some friends of ours, Patsy and Richard, they've got some beautiful irises at the front of their garden. Jobs to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden for June. First of all, save and store rainwater if you can. Saved rainwater is much better than tap water. A, it's cheaper, but B, it's got less chemicals in it. You might already have a water butt in your garden, and the more the merrier. We've put an extra one in the front garden, and we want you to collect a bit more water. So you don't have to go walking around the back with your watering can. Water at this time of year can be a bit precious. We don't get much of it, so if you can store it, it does help because rainwater is a precious resource. And we really, so far, have had a really dry spring. We had have, yeah. While the weather hasn't been terribly brilliant, it hasn't been very wet, has it? No. Um, but we did have a bit of rain yesterday, and I think you've said the water butt is full. It is, But yes, we did have a problem. I'm Our happy. water butt wasn't filling up. So do go and check your water butts to make sure it's not clogged up with leaves. I think we had some moss clogged up in one of the pipes, didn't we? Yeah. So if you've got a water butt, double check that it's flowing and working well and it can save you a bit of money if you're on a water meter too. Time now also to cut back spring flowering perennials. Many spring flowering perennials that have just finished flowering can be cut hard back now. This often encourages fresh new growth and the second flush of flowers. The oriental poppies that we talked about in last month's podcast are an example that will benefit from this treatment. Irises. You can keep the rhizomes of irises clear from foliage and other plants if you can. This allows them to bake in the sun, which will result in better flowering display next year. Just so need some sun. Do we just need some sun? Be positive, Sue. We will get some. I am beginning of June <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm last still year hoping. we last year we had a bit of a slow start to the season, and then it kick started, and we had a glorious summer. So let's hope we'll have the same. But maybe you're listening in a different country, so you've got plenty of sun on your irises. We'll love it anyway. But here in the UK, we're still waiting. You can also ward off slugs and snails. They can do a lot of damage to your plants, particularly to hostas and other vulnerable plants. Set beer traps around the garden. This is a good natural way of collecting and killing slugs. Or you can put sharp grit. There is another good way, which we are going to look at doing, Sue. We're going to try getting some nematodes. Now, these are tiny microscopic worms that you can get from the garden centre. Put them with some water, water the soil. You need the soil to be quite warm, so now's a good time of the year to be doing this. The little nematodes, they get inside the slugs, and unfortunately it sounds a bit nasty, but eat them from the inside. But it's a much more organic way of controlling slugs than with slug pellets. And then does that protect the hedgehogs then? Yes, because then if a hedgehog does eat the slugs, which is part of their natural diet, they're not going to get poisoned because nematodes are biological. So, yeah, a good way of controlling slugs, and that's something we're going to try ourselves. 
Shrub pruning, prune any shrubs that have just finished flowering. For example, the deciduous carrier, we've got one in our back garden we've just pruned. Should have any branches that are carrying spent blooms removed. Leave any flowerless shoots as they will flower next year. And with evergreen shrubs, just trim to the desired shape after flowering. Open gardens, there's quite a few open gardens around this area here. So if you've got some open gardens near you, do take chance to go and visit them because it can give you some real ideas and inspiration for planting schemes and different plants for your own gardens. And also June, fragrant flowers. Consider purchasing plants that are fragrant during the summer. Plant them close to a patio area so you get the best use out of them or can enjoy them the most and you've just bought a rose for exactly that purpose, haven't yes. you? which is very fragrant and we're going to put it on the patio area so we can, as we're wandering past, get the best out of it. Also during June, a regular job to do, deadheading. Do this to prolong the life of your flowers. Yeah, it's the bane, isn't it, Sue? Bane of your life. Uh, no, I don't mind deadheading if I've got lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I find it quite refreshing, really, just to go around and You clip. can just unwind yes. and soothe again. Yeah, but it is something that you have to do because it does give more growth a it makes the plants look neater you're taking off the faded blooms but b yes you encourage more growth Growth. because the plants want more flowers yeah of course that's why we do it isn't it yeah yeah also regular lawn mowing we're doing that more regularly now and if it is very dry raise the height of your lawn mower so give the lawn a bit of a chance to recover trim border edges if you've mowed the lawn and you trim the border edges it just instantly makes the garden look that much neater doesn't it does yes really does and then reward yourself with a gin and tonic or your favourite tipple afterwards. Glass of wine in the garden, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also regularly spray roses against green fly and black spot. We have been doing this, haven't we, Sue, with the sulphur powder. Yes, and so far, we yeah, seems to be keeping things at bay. We need to do it again, I yeah, think. So prevention is better than cure. Yeah. Yep. Water and feed containers and hanging baskets regularly. This is going to be a daily routine for you now, Sue. It is. Yeah, and I think we've got some friends which have offered to help us in the village. When we go away. And keeping your babies alive. Because you won't be best pleased. No. No, you won't. And continue to pinch out the vegetative side shoots on tomatoes. This encourages the development of more flowers and ultimately fruits, which is what you want from your tomato plants, and feed them once a week with tomato feed. In the vegetable garden. In the vegetable garden, you can sow outside seeds of chicory, lettuce, Peas, runner beans, French beans, courgettes, marrows, pumpkins, radish, carrots, turnips, swedes, beetroot, spinach and broccoli. And you can plant out young plants that have been started indoors of celery, sweet corn, tomatoes, leeks, courgettes, marrows, cucumbers and pumpkins. And the best bit now, we can start harvesting and enjoying things such as rhubarb, peas, French beans, tomatoes, onions, radish, carrots turnips, beetroot, early potatoes, spinach, cauliflowers and cabbages. We haven't started harvesting yet, have we, Sue? No, but I think some of our potatoes might be ready. I think potatoes getting close and I think yeah. some of your salad leaves seem to be doing oh, no, very well. I picked salad leaves the other day Right, already. so we've got some of those. How and is... then we've got to find out about our garlic. Our garlic must be ready, it's surely. Not we've far off. It's going to be early autumn. summer here. And radish, how are we doing with our yeah, radish? Yeah, they're growing. Yeah, yep. there's a good salad. Courgettes haven't taken off yet, but, but once when they, they do, do go, that'll they be it. go mental, don't yeah, they? But yeah, but no, it's all looking good in the veggie garden. Excellent. We look forward to some fresh fruit and veg. Forthcoming garden shows. 
forthcoming garden and flower shows for June. June is a little bit more happening. From the 11th to 14th of June, we have BBC Gardeners World Live at the NEC in Birmingham. And from the 30th of June to the 5th of July, the RHS Hampton Court Flower Show 2015, which I believe this year is celebrating 25 years. Oh, right. Okay. So that should should be be interesting. There's going to be some more celebrations and perhaps a a slightly bigger show. And we're going to that one, aren't we? That's our second favourite. That's our second favourite, yes. Chelsea, that's our first, and then Hampton's our second. It is, but also a wonderful show. Much bigger than Chelsea, three times the size. So don't go wearing your stilettos, Sue. No. Sensible shoes. Sensible shoes that day. (laughs) And let's hope the weather is kind to us. So that's about it for this episode. June is a fantastic month for the garden. Much longer nights so you can be out into the garden late in the evening if it's nice and sunny. There is a lot to do. You've been kept incredibly busy, so and I know you want to get out again, don't you? I do. I do. Because things are growing and they need trimming and things are taking over which shouldn't be. So it, it is constant. But then yesterday afternoon we sat in the garden with some drinks with a friend and it is just a piece of paradise to sit there and look at it and think, this is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, apparently you're the brains behind it, though. I am the brains behind the operation, that's it. And I'm the brawn, am I? <laughs> you have to be sick. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't do anything. I would like to. But, being stuck but I think in the you wheelchair. can rephrase you the brains. Well, it's a joint, a joint brain the operation then. It is very much a team effort, although I do appreciate mm-hmm. the team is slightly lopsided. <laughs> I do appreciate what you do, and it looks beautiful. So the show notes for this episode and links to plants we talked about and the photographs on our Facebook page, you can get at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 27. You can follow us on Twitter, if you like, at plantadvice, or go directly to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash plantadvice. So that's all for another month. We have thoroughly enjoyed the chelsea flower show i hope you enjoy looking at some of the photos and listening to the interviews until next time do enjoy your garden this is the best time of year and thanks ever so much for listening i hope you'll listen again next month and until then it is goodbye from me and goodbye from me This podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.